Welcome to the Rock Hill Dream Center Church, where we have a vision to see communities transformed by the gospel as we love, serve, share, and send. Thank you for joining us. Um, I, just when I was just praising the Lord, something came over me, a word, and it was a, it was a phrase, and God asked me to, to just present this to you all. You need to hear me. Now, each and every person, he didn't say admit anybody. He didn't say tell everybody but so-and-so. He said tell this to the body this morning, that you are worthy. He created you for a purpose, and you are very, very valuable to him. Before we go any further, I just that might be the only reason you came in here this morning is for God to tell you that you're valuable and you are worthy. Do not let this world tell you any differently. You're worthy. Now with that, look over at somebody and tell them how good they look today. <laughs> everybody telling everybody they look good today. Y'all get this. There's a couple rows right here. There's too much good looking going back and forth. Y'all just, a man told me one time, he said, look to the right. They say ugly affects one in three people, right? So you look to the right and you look to the left. And if you don't see it, guess what? <laughs> That's mean, isn't it? But y'all are beautiful and y'all are worthy and you are made perfectly in the image of God to do great things in, on his behalf Powered by the Holy Spirit. So today we're going to be we're going to be just jumping into some one of my favorite books of the Bible, Acts, the Book of Acts. You know, and as we wrap up um, the the legacy series of legacy is something that you hand down, something that you leave behind it that's of value. And if you don't give it away, it's not a legacy, but it's meant to be given away. And We'll jump into it pretty quickly this morning. We, I promise you we don't have a lot of different places to go to in the Bible today. we got two pieces of Scripture, but both of them are, are kind of long reads. So I ask as I'm reading to read along with me on the screen so it will keep your mind in tune with what God's wanting to say and do this morning, okay? And let's just go right into it and read Acts 2, 42 through 47. I want to step over to the right because my head's a little bit bigger than some. And so you can read 2. Acts 2, 42 through 47. It says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while, praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Let us pray together and ask God to just teach us through his word. Father God, Lord, we ask that the Holy Spirit just come into us right now, stirring up in us, Lord, that, that you would teach us this morning. Let it be your word. Let it be 
everything that you want to teach us. If anything comes out of my mouth that's not from you, Lord, I pray, God, that it would fall on deaf ears. But if anything that is spoken from my mouth that is from you, Lord God, would you make it be fruitful and, and stir the spirit and lift up the body and, and bring power to the body. So, Father God, we thank you for being here with us today. We love you, Lord. We love you for just loving us first. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, just a few things. We're going we're gonna to jump through this scripture kind of quickly. So, but the first thing that kind of jumped at me is, what did the, the body of believers do? This was a body of believers that were coming together, that Jesus was the Messiah, that he was Lord, that, that he died for their sins, and that the Holy Spirit came upon them, gave them strength, and they were getting and meeting together, and they were pretty darn excited that their lives had hope then. Could you imagine generations and generations of following a law and trying to, to do certain things just to find favor with God? What a glorious day and what excitement it had to be for them to understand now that they had freedom. They were no longer slaves. They were free. So what did they do? They surrendered themselves. They surrendered themselves. They met together in one place. So surrendering yourselves as the body of Christ, as the church, is that you're meeting together in one place. Now, this was the beginning of, a, of the church. So when I say meet together in one place, it could be your homes. It could be wherever you and a body of other believers come together, but you're coming together with one purpose. That's to bring God glory and to grow and be more like him. You're meeting together in one place this morning so that we could learn through God's scriptures on how we can be more and more to bring him glory and not the world glory. That we would look more like him and less like the, the world. So they had to separate themselves from the world. You know, and in this scripture, they did it daily. They were intentional about separating themselves from the world daily. That led them to do something that was in this scripture. They sold their property to take care of the body. People had things. I want y'all to hear me because this is very important for us to hear as a church. I love people, all people. God loves all people. There are some people that are lost. There are some people that do not want to have anything to do with the church. And we're to pray for them and to love them. But this piece of scripture, they were selling everything they had to bring power and stability to the body. They weren't out in the communities at this point. They knew that the body had to be foundationally strong and scripturally strong. And knowing that there was any need there, that they had to meet the needs of the body so that they would be healthy enough to proclaim what? The good news of the gospel, right? Because there was a fight coming. So they separated themselves from the world daily. And they sold their property to take care of the body. Another thing that jumped out at me in this scripture is that they worshipped in the temple daily. Worshipped in the temple daily. That they wanted... See, you got to also remember that these men and women... For their whole life, that was the, the temple and, 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 and the priest was a representation of where the God was. 
So they were going back to where they knew God was, but now here's the cool thing. God was everywhere, but they loved the Lord so much that they wanted to go to the temple. They took time out of their day to go to the temple. Why? Because they wanted to worship him. And that's what God's love does for us. It draws us into a place where we want to go and worship him daily. I don't know where that might be for you right now. And I'm praying that today God will speak to you. Is it a prayer closet? Is it beside a stream? Is it into a, a building where you're saying, hey, like a coffee corner at a hand up? I don't know, but I know that, that when God's love hits us, it draws us into wanting to worship him daily. So they separated themselves from the world daily. They, they, they got rid of things in their lives to empower the body so that it could separate themselves and worship daily. And lastly, in, in, in the surrendering themselves, is that they shared their meals with great joy and generosity. I love that because I believe there is power in sitting down and breaking bread together. We have seen some great God movements in this little building on Wednesday nights when we all sat together as a family and when we ate together and when we worshiped together and when we cried together and when we prayed together and when we advanced the kingdom together. But it starts around wanting to love each other enough that we will stop and break bread together. And as they were breaking bread together, they also remembered what Jesus Christ did, the Lord's Supper, as he broke himself up for our sake. That the bread is of his body and the wine was of his blood. And it let them remember who Jesus was. They devoted themselves. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. They devoted themselves to fellowship. They devoted themselves to sharing in the meals. And they devoted themselves to prayer. Without prayer, we are like a vessel drifting in an ocean without land being seen and having no way to steer it. We're at drift. We're susceptible to anything. We live in constant fear. Because prayer is the ability to listen and hear from our God who wants to take us on a journey that is far way too greater than anything we could ever see or imagine. And prayer is where it starts. The intimacy with your Father who loves you so much that he made it available to talk to him without having to go to any other human being. Prayer. So they, lit, they, they, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. They devoted themselves to fellowship. They devoted themselves to sharing in the meals. And they devoted themselves to prayer. So what happened out of that? It said the Lord added to their numbers. The church grew. The church grew. Church is still growing. But I will say this North America is not the hot spot for the church growing right now. Africa and Asia. 
It's where people don't have worldly things to the point where they have to depend on something they can't see. One of our biggest failures in the United States is that we can find something to fill our need or to meet our need. And many times it's not God. But the church grew. Secondly, the people were healed. They didn't come into that body and stay in that body and continue to have the same struggles and the same diseases and the same things that, that just kept them where they were at year after year after year after year. Because the God of this universe, the God who sent Jesus down, the God who came down and put flesh on, and the God who died for us and took upon our sin said, I died so that you would be made whole. And what you struggle with today, if you trust me with everything, I can draw you through that. I can give you the ability to let go of that anxiety. You fill in the blame, the stress, the anger, the addiction. They were healed. Did you hear what the word said? It said they were healed. Why were they healed? Because they had a calling in their life. It was to be a beautiful picture of God on earth so that people would be drawn to it. See, because when God's beauty is in the body, it's like a light that draws moth to it. People want to be near it. And that's what was happening. And the world was changed. We're here today sitting in this room over 2,000 years later because of what happened. This is not a story. This is fact. It happened and because of what these men, women, and children did is the reason we even get to sit here and talk about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, today. The world was changed. And the good thing about Acts is it still moves, too. That book is still being written as well. The church is still living as well. God has been knocked off his throne somewhere between then and now. God is still God. Lord is still Lord. And he's still wanting to use his body to do what? Amazing things as we share the good news to a lost and hurting world. And there is no time better than in my life that I've seen than in 2021 to let people know that Jesus is alive and that they could have hope through him. So why don't we see movements like this in our modern church? Personally, and I might get some emails over this, and I might have some people that I don't get to see for a little while over the next few minutes. God put this on my heart. I wrote it down. But I'm going to speak what he told me to put on this paper. Personally, I think we have our lives backwards. When I say that, we have our lives backwards according to what God wants. And please don't check out on me. Don't start scribbling. Don't Just, just listen for a second. See, and I'm preaching to myself, and if this is, speaks to you, praise the Lord. But we're notorious as human beings to take what we like to do and what we love and then sprinkle God on it. Oh, I love to fish. I'm going to let this be my ministry. And it could be. But let's remember that God called fishermen away from fishing to follow him. 
And if we're not careful, we find these hobbies and these things that we like to do and all this stuff that's good. And that thing becomes our idol and it becomes the biggest God in our lives. And then we say, well, if we just read a scripture before we start doing it, everything's okay. Hallelujah. I love you, brother. Let's go play another round. Or if we just do this, and man, we can go over to Target and spend half of our day in Target and half of our paycheck. And we're just going to say we get to talk to people about Jesus when we're in there. They were going to the temple. They weren't going to Target. Glad I got some encouragement out of that comment because I was really scared to say it. But sometimes having fear to say something is because I got worldly fear that people won't love me anymore because of something God said I needed to say. See, we discover what we like to do and we add God to it versus living our lives for God. When we live our lives for God, that means that we have no more us. That every day it's about Him. I want to transition into the very next chapter of Acts. It's, it's, the, it's the chapter that, that we have a center named after, after, after it. It's called a hand up. And in, in the book of Acts 3, 1 through 11, I'm going to read it quickly, and then we're going to talk about it, and then we're going to close. So they're transitioning now. What were Peter and John doing? What did we say just in the last chapter? That they were going to the temple daily, correct? So that's what Peter and John were doing here. It says, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently. And Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Amen? Amen. Listen to this. So Peter and John was headed to the temple and saw a man being carried in and placed by a gate. See, Peter and John didn't give that lost man money. They gave him Jesus. And so many times in our lives, we feel like maybe we just don't have Jesus to offer. So we'll try to find the best thing that we have and we'll give that in place of it. So we as the church have to understand that we have something more valuable than money, more valuable than the food, more valuable than anything else. And his name is Jesus. And we have to offer Jesus Next, Peter and John made themselves available. They made themselves available to do what? What did the scripture say? Hold tightly to them. 
hold tightly to them. And what did they do? They continued to walk to the temple. This man didn't get up and hold tightly to them and then they decided just to go over here and hang out. This man didn't hold tightly to them and they said, well, what do you like to do? We'll go do that together. Peter and John never stopped walking to where their destination was, and that was God. They continued to walk to the Father. They continued on their journey, and they said, hey, if you would like to come with us, that's where we're going, but we're not going to turn to the right or the left because you came along. You can hold tightly to us, and we'll hold tightly to you, but we know that we have to go to God, and we'll hold tightly to one another. When we encounter lost Sick people, are we making ourselves available? Are we making ourselves available? I'm talking about to the availability where you're letting someone hold tightly to you. Now you've got to get in the image of your head that there was a man that had been carried out for years in and year out. He had been enabled by people. I'm going to take you here and I'm going to sit you here. Get you some money. I'll come and get you and take you back. So this man had sit there for year in and year out. Maybe didn't smell the best. Probably didn't have the best of clothes on. But I'm telling you, when you meet a lost person, they're not going to look the best sometimes. Are you still willing to let them hold on to you tightly? Are we making ourselves available? You see, in this passage, the world enabled this man. But the church, through Jesus Christ, restored him. He couldn't sit out by that gate many enough years to get what he needed. Year after year after year after year after year after year after year. How many years have you been sitting there hurting before someone told you about Jesus? How many people are sitting out in this city, in this tri-county, in this nation, in this world right now that don't have a hope in the world and they're just saying, I just wish someone would give me an answer. And the church walks by them every day not understanding the value that they carry inside of them. His name is Jesus. After we let them lock on to us, we have to check ourselves. Which way are we walking that person? Are we walking them to the world? Are our actions, our words, our mannerisms that of the world or is it that of God? Because when someone holds tightly to you, for the first little bit, they're going to be looking at you more than looking at God. So we have to continue to walk to God. So are we adding God to our lives? Or are we giving our lives to God? See, the good news is God wants to heal this land. The bad news is, sometimes, the bad news is he chose to use us. And we're easily distracted. We justify our wants. But the good news is there's grace. And God's patient. And he wants to grow us through our selfishness, our pride, our own desires. And he's lovingly waiting for us to step up and be used.
So will we devote our lives to teaching, to the teachings of the apostles? I think that's where it starts. It starts in God's word. I'm getting to observe more and more fruit than I've ever observed in the 11 years of the Dream Center by small groups of people sitting and reading God's word and challenging each other in the word and praying for each other. But we, will we devote ourselves to the teaching of the apostles? That's God's word. Will we surrender our desires to live for God's will? Will we make the God the center of everything and be willing to hand up, to offer a hand up to the sick and the lame? Will we be willing to let them hold tightly to us till their ankles become strong? Here's a twist. Some of us might be that sick and lame right now. Will we push the pride to the side and let somebody give us a hand up and hold tightly onto us until our ankles become strong? Because if you're not going through it now, just wait. You probably will be one day. I know this is heavy. But we have to realize that following Jesus is not a Sunday morning service. We have to understand that following Jesus is not a Sunday morning service and a Bible study um, sprinkled in the middle of the week. We have to understand that following Jesus is 24 hours a day, seven days a week, no more me, all about him. Jesus is the only way. Every breath I have is because of him. That is the only way. 24-7, total surrender. So what are the results of that? The results are praising God and enjoying the goodwill of the people. We don't have to walk around defeated and broke down and trying to, to, to bandage each other's wounds all the time. We are God's children. We stand in victory. Yeah, we will experience different kind of health struggles and different kind of mental struggles and different kind of physical struggles. But I'm telling you what, Jesus is still Jesus. We still are healed in the inside. And we have to look at the inside person. The one God made right. The one that will live with him for eternity. Because you'll either live with him for eternity or you'll live in hell for eternity. But there's only two places when we're gone. And we need to understand that we live in victory because of Jesus. And it's nice to know that we can come into this room and it can be a safe place and we can love each other. The results of following Jesus is having a certain death to have an eternal life. So what if? What if our legacy was to give ourselves away every day? What if our children saw us live in such a way that when they went to school and they seen someone being suppressed and pushed down, they would be that child that would lift that person up? Guys, we have our kids hurting themselves in school, either at their own hands or at the hands of others. But what if our children saw so much of God's love in us that it threw them into wanting to be that hand up to the next person? That they didn't live for their desires or their pocketbook, but they lived for God's desires and his will. What if that's the legacy that we can live to our children, to our neighbors, to our city? That when people come, they say, 
I don't know what it is, but there's something about you. And you say, yeah, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. Would it change the way our city looks? Y'all think it would? If we lived according to the book of Acts and total surrender to God, do you think the city of Rock Hill, Chester, York, do you think these area cities would look different if the, if the ones who said that they were believers in Christ lived according to way, the way these men and women and children were living? Would it look different? Would our city look different? Yes or no? Yes. But it's one of the toughest things that we will grow in a discipline to do is to give ourselves away. We're going, to, we're going to praise. I'm going to pray, and as Justin comes up, we're going to praise. Then I'm going to say a couple more words, and then we'll close out, okay? Let me pray for us. God, we pray that you would just let this word melt into our spirits, into our hearts, into our flesh. Lord, that we could just live and give everything over to you, Lord. We love you, Father. We thank you for being with us today in Christ's name. Amen.